0: Let us pray, bread together on our knees. Let us pray, bread together on our knees. When I fall on my knees with my face to the rising sun, Oh Lord, have mercy on me. Welcome to The Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that The Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. As we begin today's broadcast, I want to thank you, those of you who have written in, those of you who have shared with us in this ministry, We thank God that we are laborers together with God. I want to ask you to listen carefully to the address given at the end of the broadcast and to share with us as God enables you. We will be blessed, you will be blessed, and God will be glorified. Thank you for your generous gift that I anticipate you're going to share with us as the Spirit of God enables you. Please join me in prayer. Lord, we pray for every listener joining us from far and near. Bless them, bless them, meet their needs, and through this broadcast, grant that some wandering soul will come home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, we left off talking at the, about the conversation that Jesus had with Peter after the breakfast meeting at the seaside it was part of the continuing look at questions that Jesus asked our interest in the questions Jesus asked led us to the conclusion that when Jesus asked questions he was always open up an opportunity for teaching the question Jesus asked Peter you will remember Simon, son of John, do you love me? More than that. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And we came to the conclusion that the scripture doesn't tell us particularly what these were. It may have been the catch of fish. It may have been the other disciples. But it is a question that Jesus is asking even today. Do you love me? Three times Jesus asked the same question of Peter. And upon Peter's thrice-repeated admission of his love for Jesus, Jesus gave him a threefold commission. Feed my sheep. Take care of my lambs. Feed my sheep. We might conclude that Jesus was telling Peter, I want more than words. I want more than what you're saying. Could it be that Jesus was making the point that indirectly, Jesus may have been saying to Peter, I remember you said, you spoke words. You said you were willing to die with me. But you weren't there to stand with me when I was wrongly charged. In fact, you denied even knowing me. Three times, Peter, you said you didn't know me. Now I want demonstrable love. It's show time, Peter. Peter. Identify with me by taking care of my business. Feed my sheep. I believe the same sort of commission is directed towards every true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, to you listening to me today. There's work for us to do. Peter's wholehearted response to the Lord's commission is seen in more than his words. I do believe it is possible, and so often it's the case that one makes a verbal commitment to the claims of Jesus Christ on his life or her life, and then goes out to live a life that in no way reflects the spoken words of obedience to the Lord Jesus. As we take a look at the Peter of post-breakfast meeting, may God help us to examine our own hearts and ask ourselves, does my love for Jesus bear any demonstrable evidence? I know it's easy to go to the mourner's bench, to kneel at the altar, or even in your own quiet corner to profess your love for Jesus. But when it comes to the demonstrative expression of your love, where the rubber meets the road, you come up short. Before we look further into Peter's show and tell, let's ask ourselves, how we show? How are we showing our highest priority is Jesus? How are we demonstrating that? Remember that Jesus' question was, do you love me more than these? I have the feeling that someone listening is really not sure of your first place love for Jesus. A few weeks ago, we challenged ourselves with regard to nine possible aspects of life which we might not find Jesus at the head of the list. Let's ask the questions again. Do I love Jesus more than mother and father, spouse, children, girlfriend, boyfriend, country, nation, friends, job, profession, community, hobbies, or pastimes? Those are just a few of the comparisons we can make. Is Jesus higher than any of these things? Do we love him more than we love money? Do we love him more than we love praise? Do we love him more than we love the adulation of men and women? Jesus deserves and Jesus demands that we place him first. The church, including you and me, we would be much poorer without the bold Heart-throbbing and city-shaking sermons of Peter in the Book of Acts. We would also be deprived of the instructive messages of First and Second Peter. Peter meant business. After that second meeting, after that meeting by the seashore, Peter meant it, and he went out, lived for it, and ultimately died for it. So let's listen as Peter fresh from the Holy Spirit's filling on the day of Pentecost and just following the remarkable miracle at the gate of the temple, where he took the opportunity to address the crowd. They were in amazement over the dramatic miracle of healing of a lame man by the temple door. And this sermon is recorded in Acts chapter 3, verses 12 through 26. And I am going to read it, as he presented it, and made God, the Holy Spirit, quick your heart as he did the people who listened to Peter on that first sermon following the healing of the layman. Peter begins, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us? And he's, the us there, I interject, is Peter and John, as if by our own power or Godliness, we have made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate. Though he had decided to let him go, you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that is has completely healed him. As you can see, now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through All the prophets saying that this, his Messiah, would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him Until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up to you a prophet like me from among your own people. You will listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel. All the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with his fathers. He said to Abram, Through your offspring all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Peter didn't stick his chest out and accept any credit for himself. He immediately turned their attention to Jesus. He crucified, the crucified, the risen, Jesus. And he made it clear that anything done that day was done in the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 12 makes that clear. If your love for Jesus is of the highest quality, we don't accept And embrace the praise as if our own power had granted us the ability to do these things. It doesn't matter what God-empowered activity that you are called upon to do, we point people away from ourselves and to Jesus living and operating in us by His Holy Spirit. If my love for Jesus is at the top of my shelf of my life's activity, my life's ambition, my life's affections, and God is glorified. If your love for Jesus is on the top shelf of your life, then you will place him first. That is what the former denier of Jesus now did. Peter, who said, I didn't know him, he's now identified with him, willing to suffer for him, willing to bear his cross and follow him. Peter is now living in resurrection power. And Paul, writing to the church of Colossae, said that they were now risen with Christ. And if you're risen with Christ, we must seek to glorify him and fix our attention on the things above from where we wait for our Savior to come. In Peter's sermon, he also emphasized the imperative of repentance. He boldly states, Repent then. And turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. We too are charged to proclaim the message of repentance. That is what I'm attempting to do today. Repentance was the way Peter came. Repentance is a pathway for every unbelieving person. But it's also the way of restoration for every wayward, black backslidden Christian. Res- repentance is is the way back to fellowship. Repentance is the way back to boldness. Repentance is the way back to holiness. Repentance is the way back to accomplishing the will of God in your life. True repentance leads to serious loving obedience. Jesus loves you. Do you love him more than, more than, more than? To you, my friend, I offer this encouragement. Go out and show your love for Jesus in the marketplace, at home, and then write and tell us that you've made a commitment to Jesus Christ. God grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. i